Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I wanted to take a second and tell you guys that this podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Mercedes-Benz Club of America. The MBCA is a wonderful organization that brings cars, enthusiasts, and knowledge together in one nationwide social club. Interested in joining the largest group of Mercedes fans in North America? Visit them at www.mbca.org forward slash join. A membership is $55 a year and comes with all kinds of cool benefits like 15% off parts from the Mercedes-Benz Classic Center and additional discounts on classic car insurance through Haggerty. So what are you waiting for? We'd love to have you in the MBCA where we're more than a car club, we're a community. show where we talk about all things Mercedes. I'm your host Ruben Howard and I'm here today with my co-host Judah Londo. Our guests today are the Conforti Brothers, a well-recognized YouTube duo known for their 430,000 mile Mercedes-Benz E55 AMG. That's not all they bring to the table. They also own seven other Mercedes-Benz, ranging from 80s icons like the 190E Cosworth to practical SUVs such as the ML550. Um, so we're just going to go around and introduce each other. Um... So right off the bat, my name's Judah Londo. I go by JD in the club. Um, I've been a member of the MVCA for a little over a year now, but it feels like I've had Mercedes in my life since I was pretty much born. Um, so it really, uh, it took me a while to come around to the, the faction of the social aspect of a car club, but I'm here now. Um, I'm excited and uh, I really am excited to share some more in-depth stories um, about really interesting uh, MBCA members and just different influential people around cars, car culture, and especially people around Mercedes culture. Um, so with me today, uh, we've got the Conforti brothers. That's how you pronounce it, correct? Conforti. Yep, yep, that's us. Perfect. Uh, I got the Conforti brothers. Um, they got a pretty big presence on YouTube, also Instagram. Um, and then I have my hopefully co-host from these from now on, uh, Ruben Howard, who is uh, I go ahead and introduce himself, Ruben. Hi guys, my name is Ruben Howard. I have been with MBCA since 2014. Um, I'm from the Peachtree section, so I'm located right in Atlanta, and I've been doing some work with the magazine recently with the Star Magazine. If you guys keep up with that, if not, that's fine. Um, and yeah, we're really interested to talk about the, I guess, you know, massive accumulation of W211s that you guys have. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, so guest of honor, tell us a little bit about your guys' self. How long have you guys been with the club? And Well, we've been with the club for what, about two years? About two years. Yeah, we know we've been, we've had Mercedes for since 2011, but we've never actually like been a part of the club. We didn't really know anything about until the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix. And uh, we were there and we saw all the Mercedes and um, all the people there, they were telling us like, hey, you should join the club. You should join the club. So we uh, we looked into it and we said, yeah, we're going to join. But yeah, so we've been with them for, with the club for two years. And um, we just, we've been Mercedes enthusiasts for a really long time, for as long as we can remember. (laughs) We have an addiction. We really do. Oh, yeah. 
so what uh, I have on here, I just want to, you know, so in the first place, what really, so I like to share this tidbit about my personal history. Anytime anybody asked me about why Mercedes, it was when I was five years old, I, I remember coming home from school and my dad had bought my mom a silver, an Astra Silver S-Class for her birthday. And oh. I remember coming home and, you know, I was, I you know, I was raised in the back of Grand, you know, Grand Cherokees and stuff and the Americana SUVs. And then being five years old in the backseat of that S-Class felt like you were like a diplomat or something, like getting <laughs> delivered at elementary school. So I like to know just a lot, a little bit about like, what was your guys' first experience that really was like, wow, what makes these cars so special to you guys? You know, it's crazy because like we grew up in the same thing with uh, Grand Cherokees and stuff. We actually have both Grand Cherokees that, that we, you know, that our parents have, you know, owned since we were little kids. But our neighbor had a 2000, it was 0304 E55 when it first came out. It, was, it would have been new, but yeah, then, so yeah. it was like brand new at the time. And, you know, we're like 19 years old. And we just remember he used to drive by the house every morning. He's a lawyer and he, with a huge car collection. He used to drive by the house every morning in that E55. And from there, it was like, this is the car. This is the car. Yeah, we really didn't know what it was. <laughs> we just saw, we saw the Mercedes. We heard, you know, the little rumble of the V8. We were like, wow, what is this thing? What is this? And we just, we, we saw it drive by every day. And uh, we, at the time, we didn't really know what it was, but we knew it was fast and we yeah. knew it was special. And uh, obviously, you can tell <laughs> it's a Mercedes by the look. And uh, ever since that day, we just kind of like been like obsessed with like the W211. We just yeah. kind of like stuck with us all this time. We just really loved the car. But, yeah. Uh, I was, yeah, that one. And another experience too in our town, somebody had a um, another lawyer. Yeah, had another. It was a SL five hundred R two thirty, and um, yeah. it had the Brabus wheels on it, and it was absolutely beautiful. This car, it was a blue tan interior, and we saw that cruising through town, and we were like, we didn't know what that was at the time either, because like you know, we were little. Yeah, see, that car was brand new at the time too, and we just saw this thing, and we were like, there's nothing yeah. like this on the road. Like it was, it looked so different than everything else, and we just fell in love with these cars. And, and it was, that was the end of it from, from those two cars. And it's been nothing but Mercedes crazy <laughs> since. Yeah. Right. So let's get, um, just give the listeners some context. So what part of the, of, you know, the country are you guys from, where are you guys located right now? We're right outside Pittsburgh. Yeah. We're about 30 miles from downtown Pittsburgh. So how is like the, you know, maintenance procedure there? Like if, is it hard to find someone who can work on your car? Is it easy to find someone? Do you go to the dealership? Do you have independent text? Do you work on your we're actually kind of lucky because we live about, I would say, what, 35 miles from the nearest Mercedes dealer? Yeah. Yeah, so we're really close to actually two Mercedes dealers. And there's a lot of uh, independent shops around us that, you know, are pretty, you know, informative with these cars. So they, they know how to work on them. So luckily, you know, it's not too hard to find somebody to work on them. But we try, we try to do as much work as we can, especially for YouTube content. Yeah. Um, cars. And what we, you know, if we can't do it, uh, we'll go to the dealer or we go to our independent shops. Um, but for like the E55, in that case, we'll probably talk about that more later. But like, we want we want to try to continue with the dealer maintenance on that car just because of its history. So yeah, the fluids. Yeah, yeah, we do like the oil change, the fluids, all there stuff that you know, you know, just go with the dealership. Yeah, right. So uh, you, uh, I know and this is always a controversy. Do you guys end up using like? Because I know you guys own you know pre 90s you know what I consider some of my favorite cars, and then you own more modern stuff. Do you guys end up using the same independent people for both cars? Do you have a specialist for one or the other? I, I'll say uh, up until uh, we got the Cosworth recently, we've been going to the same uh, the same independent shops all the time. It's always the same yeah. one. And same dealer. Yeah, and the same dealer. But when we got the Cosworth, um, the, the shop that we 
usually go to our independent shop, he told us that he's not going to work on that car because of the Bosch K-Jetronic fuel system. He said it's, it's way too complex. And uh, right. we actually found another shop uh, located outside of Pittsburgh that actually specializes in these cars and a lot of older Mercedes. So he, uh, that's probably going to be the place where we're going to be taking yeah. this because the dealer, they won't know how to work on this car. <laughs> right. I had, a, I had a super similar experience with a I, – I pulled a W108 out of a – not out, I like to say out of a field, but it was out of this older guy's side yard in this small town <laughs> in South Carolina. And naively thinking that if I brought it home on a flatbed that I could call up a German specialist and he'd be like, oh, yeah, let's go. And he, he I remember he picked up the phone the second day and he was like, if you pay me a thousand dollars, I'll give it 24 labor hours to try to figure out what's wrong with it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'll save my money and try to figure out what else is, you know, by myself. Like what in the world? So. But that's at least he's honest enough to tell you. Listen, I'm not interested. There's a lot of guys that'll just take you to the bank, you know. Oh yeah, so we respect that too. I mean, like I said, we take all of our Mercedes to this independent shop, and he's probably the best, you know, the guy around. And yeah. we're honest, our shop and everything. So we go from, but he used to up honest. So we said no problem. So we went to, we ended up taking it to another shop that you know helped us get some of those things sorted on the Causey that we needed sorted that we weren't capable of doing. So ended up working yeah. out. Yeah, we still have to work on the fuel system though. But yeah. <laughs> Hey, and if you guys if you guys feel like shouting out those shops, I'm sure they would love the publicity if this ends up going live. I'm sure you can shout those guys out. Well, yeah, the one shop that we always go to is an independent shop. Um, it's uh, it's called Ace Tech. It's in Weirton, West Virginia. Yeah, it's right on the West Virginia PA border. So okay, anybody in Pittsburgh, it's literally jump on the highway and you know half hour yeah. you're there. So it's, it worked out real nice. Yeah, the guy does excellent work. He always takes care of us. So what are you guys using for daily drivers nowadays? Well, Matt and I, we both, uh, we both daily drive the EV5. We work together. Uh, we have our own business. So we just drive, we drive the hell out of the EV5. Yeah. So that, yeah. It's normally always that car because we're trying to rack the miles up. But if it's not, uh, we like to drive the, the Causey, but we don't, we don't take it too far because we don't know how reliable it is yet. But any type of like, you know, road trip or anything, we always try to take the EV5 to put the miles on. Yeah. Of your entire fleet, because um, so we know you've got the Cosworth. That's a 190 Cosworth. Yeah. Um, you've got the extremely high mileage E55, which we'll talk about later. And yep. just you know, tell us like what else do you have in your in your fleet of Mercedes? Well, we have still it's our part of our collection, uh, Matt and I, and then our fathers. And we all and you know some of them that we bought with our father, but we yeah. have the Cosworth, the um, the E55. A W211E550 formatic with AMG Sport Package, which is probably the rarest car that we own. Rare car with the, Yeah, and with AMG Sport Package. And we have an E350211 with AMG Sport Package and formatic. Um, an ML550, uh, 2010, then a GL450, a C280, and then uh, the 05SL500. You guys are mostly – Lots of 211s. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, you're right. More coming, too. Are, more yeah. coming. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> I thought I've owned three W123 series and I thought I was like, I'm at this point. It's like, I I feel like I've seen it all almost to a point where like, I like I need something else to intrigue me. Cause it's like, yeah, I just, I look at, I'm at a point now where I'm looking at a W123 series and I can tell from five yards away exactly what suspension components it needs. Like not even, walk, without even walking out. You know, what is it that, attracts you guys to that particular chassis to the w211 
I would say it goes back to our first experience with Mercedes, how we first saw our neighbor's E55. And I don't know if it was because of the way the car looked or what, we were just always so obsessed with that car. So we just naturally, we, we kind of like all of the, you know, all of the models, the 350, the 550, the diesel ones. And I think it just goes back to that. We just really liked the way the car looked and, you know, obviously the way the car drives. So we just kind of always have liked that particular yeah. ch uh, chassis. For cars, yeah. They've aged extraordinarily. Oh yeah. yeah for sure. So how did you guys for like sure. accumulate it? What, are you guys trying to get one of each model of the 211 series or yeah. are you like, yeah. which, which was the first one? Did you start with the 55 and you just trickle your way down to the- you know, it, was it was crazy because what happened was in 2000, uh, it was more like 2010, our dad had a Cadillac STS and it had the North Star and the engine blew on it, the, uh, yeah, like 106,000 miles, 110. No, and no we, surprise there. <laughs> no yeah. surprise there. Yeah, I said that engine's terrible. So we had a fourth engine, and we're like, you know what? Our dad was like, no more. So I was like, dad, what? we're like, why don't you get a Mercedes? You know, right? We wanted him to get the E55, but the problem was he, at the time, he thought he was going to daily drive it. So he's like, I need a, I need a, something that's all-wheel drive formatted. Yeah, and for the winners up here, yeah. Yeah, so we were looking at the 211, and at the time, it was, we were, since the E55 was rear-wheel drive, we're like, let's get the E550 format. This thing is a monster. It's, you know, and at the time, they're still super rare. Yeah. And the problem was we couldn't find them. So we ended up finding the E350 up in North Canton, Ohio. Literally, the dealership was like right, like one mile from the Football Hall of Fame, um, the place called Jeff's Motor Cars. And we got it up there. It was uh, a couple years old. And we still have it today. And it only has 46,000 miles yeah. on it. That was the first one. And we fell in love with that car. Yeah. And then after that, a few years later, we got the E550. And then E55 came after yeah. that. So <laughs> now we just need an E63. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to just preface, you know, before I, I, we keep edging along the iceberg here, and I just want to let everybody know, the Conforti brothers' kind of claim to fame, if you're not familiar already, is to, to my knowledge, and Ruben and I were talking about this yesterday, I am unaware of any documented post-2000 AMG with higher mileage than the Conforti brothers' E55. And right now, I believe you guys are sitting on what four hundred thirty thousand miles on is it the original drivetrain? Yeah, all original. We just hit four twenty nine a couple of days ago. Yeah, and uh, we uh, we actually uh, there actually is I think one other uh, AMG car. It's a CLS sixty three. What was it, like an 07, 08? 07, 08, Yeah, yeah, and the guy has uh, like four hundred and two or four hundred just over four hundred thousand. Because he actually reached out to us. Uh, was it? A while? It was a little while ago. Yeah, back last last year, I think. Yeah, and he, I mean, he claimed that the, the engine and transmission were original. Which I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. But the M one fifty six are known to have a lot more problems. Yeah, but so, right. so we do know that there is one other AMG for sure that has over four hundred thousand. Just no yeah. history. Yeah, we just don't know any history on like ours. Obviously, you know, docu heavily documented. Yeah, heavily documented. Um, whenever um, Alex Palmieri from the uh, Streetcars made the video on YouTube, he contacted a dealer where it's been served his whole life, and they they got all the records and um, the car. You know, heavy dealer maintenance, and um, it's actually funny when we bought the car, uh, we we're like we were amazed that this car drives as good as it does for the mileage. So we took it to our Mercedes dealer and said, hey, is the engine transmission this car the original? And they looked at him and they said, yeah, both numbers matching original. So. We're pretty amazed by that. How, how many miles did you buy the car with, and when did you buy it? It just turned 402 the, the day that it was delivered to and our it house. It was uh, September 2017, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so we've had it for, you know, three years now. Yeah, three how years. Much, how much do you drive that car? So three, every day. Okay, every day. So about like <laughs> a year and a half. Yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, we try to we try to rack up miles, you know, that probably not necessary trips. But like for example, our gym that we go to, it's a fifty mile round trip, and we go every day just to put miles on EV five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny because the, the uh, gym that we went to, it was actually like two miles from our house. We switched to a different one that way you can put more miles on. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you have some, like you know crazy maintenance to worry about on that car and your ownership, or was that? Um, I assume definitely whatever it's been done, and I. I'm pretty sure something has been done to that engine, definitely in previous ownership. So have you had to have any of that experience yet with a high mileage AMG maintenance? I would say so far, nothing like really out of the ordinary. Like we've had to deal with a lot of the routine stuff on these yeah. cars, like, you know, typical oil leaks from valve cover gaskets. We've had a, um, a fuel, uh, was a fuel regulator yeah. on the fuel rail that went out and it was leaking fuel everywhere. Um, it's just really been all like basic stuff that you would expect on like, a regular, you know, hundred thousand mile example. Really. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. Although I will say the air suspension, it, we haven't changed it yet, but well, that's on its way out too. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to go out eventually because it's, I think the last time it was replaced was maybe 2011. So yeah, it's, 11 or 12. It's, it's, it's you're planning to keep air suspension in the car. You're not going to convert it to coils. Well, we were thinking about doing the coil conversion, but the problem is the area where we live, there's so many like potholes, the roads are bumpy. And uh, we're, so we are kind of thinking maybe we should leave the air suspension in there, but it, we'll see what happens. If it leaves us stranded somewhere like really far away. And, we'll probably and, do coil overs. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably, you know, make us mad to the point where we'll want to just not have to deal with it anymore, switch to coil overs. But uh, uh, as of right now, we probably will end up sticking to the air suspension, leaving it all. So so you guys were ta talking a little bit about your experience with uh, – his name is Alex. I can't remember his last name from Legit Street Cars. Yeah. Okay, so so what – when you guys – how did you go about approaching him with interest in buying this car? And then what kind of – what information do you guys have on – I know you said it was heavily documented dealer ma maintenance. Like what kind of interesting stuff in that dealer maintenance do you guys have? Is there any interesting, you know – Big, well, you know, bookmarks that you could share with anybody or? Well, the, the one thing that, well, going back, going back to Alex, um, we actually bought from a dealer in uh, Chicago and they, they had the car listed. We found it online. I was actually, in, <laughs> believe it or not, I was actually in class. Yeah, we were in college. Yeah, college. And I was looking at cars online because I was bored. And um, we saw this car listed online and it had 401 at the time. And the dealer had it listed for 14000 And I was, I saw it and I was like, this has to be a typo. There Fourteen thousand dollars is four hundred miles. I was like, the mileage—it's probably forty. And the car looked good, so we're thinking, like, you know. Yeah, it looked pretty good in the picture. So I clicked on a Carfax and I saw it was a one-owner car, and it had even the Carfax showed a lot of the uh, the dealer, you know, maintenance records on there. Which I, I say when we printed out the Carfax, it was it's thick. I yeah, mean, it's really the Carmax. I mean, the Carfax is heavily documented with information on that. Yeah, and, and I saw that we were like so amazed because at the time, obviously, we didn't have an E five, we really wanted one, and we saw us, we said. I wonder, you know, if the engine's original, I wonder how the car held up after this many miles. So uh, we contacted the uh, the dealership and asked them some questions. And uh, I think... We I, talked to the owner of the dealer. Yeah, we talked to the owner of the dealership. And I think, did we try working out a deal at that point? Yeah. To buy the car? Because obviously he wanted 14000 and obviously a, a car with that many miles and you don't really know what's going to go wrong with the next. It's not really worth it. So we tried to right. hit him with an offer and he didn't go for it. And I want to believe, I think... Um, Shortly after, Alex posted that video. The on review YouTube. video, yeah. And we saw that video. And when Alex reviewed the car, he was amazed at how well it drove and how well the, whole, the overall condition of the car was. And um, literally, right after we watched that review, we called the dealership back up, talked to the owner, and yeah. said, Listen, we need this car. And I said, We tried to work out the budging. deal. Yeah, we tried to work out the deal again. And it, and it, it fell through, unfortunately. But uh, 
I think, well, he took the listing down. Yeah, he took the car off down. So we thought the car actually sold. Yeah. And then over the next few months, um, Alex posted a couple more videos that went viral um, on his YouTube channel. And Doug DeMuro, Jalopnik, Road and Track, they did articles on his car. So, like, this car is still out there. Who, you know, who owns this car? And uh, here, yeah. after the very last video that Alex made on the car was whenever he put it on the dyno, um, the owner of the dealership listed the car for sale again. And yeah. uh, two days after that video, we ended up buying it. Yeah, a whole, almost a whole year later. Yeah, and but as far as uh, like you mentioned about the the service records, um, I mean, everything on there is kind of just like routine stuff that you know you would expect on this kind of car. The one thing I will say though is uh, Alex mentioned his video, the transmission. I think there was like a um, I don't know if, it, if the guy took it to the dealership, the previous owner, and there was a uh, a repair that needed done that they didn't do. And uh, Alex thought maybe that the, the car needed a new transmission or needed you know to be rebuilt or something, but. Uh, they ended up not doing anything, I guess. And um, when we bought the car, it actually had a, a, a transmission issue. It was like uh, shuttering really bad. But luckily, we got that sorted. And um, but other than that, I would say everything on there that we know of, it, it's kind of like routine stuff. There's nothing really out of the ordinary that yeah. had to be done to this. It's car. all like regular maintenance that's just been done multiple times, multiple yeah. times that normally most right. won't even do once. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. No. It, I. It, it's crazy because I, for the long, I've been a really adamant follower of Alex's stuff on YouTube because I think his stuff is really informative. And there's a lot of, there are very few YouTubers that go and have the dedication to make their content as interesting as it is informative. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy though, because I remember, you know, I, I don't know if this was before or after you guys bought that E55 that he highlighted, but he bought an E55, an all-black E55. Yep, yeah. And I want to say it was – I can't remember what he said he paid for it in the video. I think it was sub-10 or like yeah. 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be too soon. Well, and the, the thing was it was like you, you watched that video drop. And then, you know, within a week it went viral. And then within a month, the prices of those cars, you could know, watch them climb. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy that we're living in a, in a world where, you know, just a couple of YouTubers' thoughts or opinions or, you know, just like adamant belief in these cars can drive up value four and five thousand yeah. dollars in a couple yeah of it's months. crazy how that works it really is and like even like doug demiro he made a video on e55 i think what like a month or two ago it was a couple i think two months ago yeah, a couple months ago he did a review video and everybody said like now that he posts that video the, the values are going to keep going yeah. more so <laughs> right right crazy. no it's i it is i i remember because you know it's like there's always that stigma like like so my mom's uh 2001 s class i remember one of the biggest issues that, and we ended up, you know, she bought that car new and sold it with 250,000 miles. Wow. So like, yeah. So she, I mean, it, it, she definitely got her use out of it, but there's a stigma in her head that even though she owned it for quarter of a million miles at the very end, it needed four, eight, you know, four air ride suspension bags. And yeah. she was like, that's so expensive. I'll never buy another Mercedes again. I was like, you got your entire life's worth out of that car. What are yeah, you talking great. about? That's amazing. <laughs> that's a lot of miles. <laughs> so, so it's just like, it goes to show you, like, these cars, even though that it can be, you know, there was that blip of irreliability in the mid-90s with the biodegradable wiring harnesses. But yeah. after that, it's like, they, they still ended up getting them sorted. And we're just now learning of the really reliable drivetrains and powertrains and electrical systems from the early 2000s. 
Yeah, I said you know what's crazy too. Like uh, Matt said earlier, we're literally obsessed with Mercedes. We spend hours a day uh, searching all over the country for what's for sale, what's out there, and the amount of E55s with over two hundred thousand miles and still going is absolutely insane. I mean, there's a few in the three hundred thousand range. Yeah, but that two hundred thousand mile range is unbelievable. There are so many yeah, exactly. out there. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that, go ahead. I was gonna say. What's that? Go ahead. I was gonna say I've been I had been looking for one and it was like there that or a you know an early to late nineties uh, E fifty five before the facelift and it it like those those cars are unattainable for less than twenty thousand dollars. The two ten E fifty five they're going up like like crazy right now too. They're exactly. Yeah. So block on that car in the E fifty five that's the M one thirteen correct? Yep, M one thirteen K. Yeah. So everyone knows that has got the most bulletproof reliability of any um, 2000s Mercedes-Benz. They use that engine in the W210 E-Class, use it in the 211 and CLKs. So, yeah. Uh, I say all the Mercedes from that era really had yeah, those. Well, plus, the, what, the 430s? Yeah, they all had a different version. Yeah. Like they had the 4.3 version of the M113, the 5.0 version, then obviously the 5.4 in the yeah. engines. So yeah, yeah and plus the other thing too that makes us reliable is that transmission is 7.2.6. That's you know those will last a couple hundred thousand miles if you you know take care of them. Yeah. So um, I, I I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Cosworth, and that's another car that's been on my radar. So is is this a newer acquisition for you guys, or have you have, have you owned this car long? Like I know it's not as famous as your half a million mile E55. Yeah, I say we uh we got this car back in May of this year, and uh, uh prior to that we've been looking for one, but you know you obviously you don't see these cars too often. And um, what was it? Uh, the, the April before? Yeah, so well, you, you tell them. I'll, yeah, I'll explain the the Cosworth story because it's it's actually a pretty cool story. It's probably cooler than EP5. But since we were little kids, we would go out to Amish country in Ohio with our family, you know, a couple times a year. And in, I want to say April 2019. We are driving uh, on this road in Amish country, you know, outside of like a barn building, whatever. We saw this car and this thing is like off in the distance. And, but we knew like, if you know what it is, you know, and we're like, that is a Cosworth. And, we're, and, and you know, we're like trying to take pictures from like far away on the road. And um, so and then we're like, we're talking about it. We're like, I can't, I can't believe there's a Cosworth in Amish country. This and that. So we go back in November. <laughs> <laughs> we go back in November and the car. <laughs> The car is still there on the side of this building. Same spot. Same yeah. spot. It has not moved from April to November. It has not moved. So we're like, you know what? We're going to go on wherever this building, barn, whatever it is, we're going to go try to see who owns this car. So when we pull on this gravel road and we make our way around to where the car, we see where the car is on the side. And the, and the car ended up being at a uh, animal feed store. And um, so, you know, we go inside and there's an Amish lady and, you know, guy working there. And we're just playing dumb. We're thinking, like, they're not going to know what that car is. They probably have no idea. So we go in and we're right. like, how can I help you? And we're like, yeah, uh, we're just here. Interesting. If uh, We want to know if anybody knows the owner of that uh, old Mercedes on the side. And the lady goes, oh, you need the Cosworth. And we're like, <laughs> and we're like, and we, say, we just look no at them, way. Like, oh, they, we they know what they got. <laughs> we didn't know what to say. We're like, oh, no, they know what they have. <laughs> no way. And, uh, the, the, <laughs> Her mouth were like, um, yeah, the Cosworth, uh, why do you fancy it for sale? <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's like, yeah, actually, we have two of them. And this one's my son. <laughs> she's like, yeah, this one is my son's. It's actually for sale. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And so 
we had she ended up giving us his number and she's like if you want to go check out the other one it's at our house right down the road and we go to the house and it's a little single car garage and he, the, the her husband opens up the the garage door and right underneath the uh underneath like blankets there's a smoke silver cosworth and uh so you, we're like, you've got to be kidding me out in Amish country. I say, you would never expected it, too. You got two of them both out here in the middle of nowhere. But it was pretty crazy, too, because, yeah, like, we got we got his number, his contact information to, uh, you know, to ask him questions about the car. And uh, um, ours, the drivetrain was out of it. I mean, the uh, drive shaft, the transmission was out, wasn't running. Um, it, it really needed a lot of work. It really did. And it's been still it sitting there for a while. 2013, he said? Yeah, the car hasn't been driven since 2013, and um, it really needed a lot of work. It still does need quite a bit of work, but uh, luckily we were able to work out the deal, and uh, we used our GL, and we went uh, towed and brought it home. Yeah, in May. So it took yeah. us from, from November. It was actually the day before Thanksgiving when we actually went and actually talked to them about buying a car. So from last Thanksgiving until this past May, it took us, and we actually worked out a deal, and we you yeah. know, it home with the GL. Yeah, we got it running. It's yeah, not, it not run. running great, but it is running. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's really that's all that really matters. I, it's like I, those cars I've I've seen. I I'm a huge proponent now of Facebook Marketplace. Oh yeah, <laughs> man, I, it's crazy. You see them every once in a while, and you either you either have like you said somebody that you would never expect to know what they have, or somebody that has no idea what it is. And you yeah. know, I've I've found I found one with no paint left on it, and they still want fifteen grand. You're like. What are you talking about? This car needs twenty five grand to even go to the garage. Like what? Are we, so yeah, yeah, no, I just I. So that is is running and driving just not well. What are you guys' plans for that car? Uh, well, for right now, our goal, like, because obviously it has the the self leveling suspension in the rear. We do want to replace that and do a, a Bilstein, uh, like you know, a whole new suspension because we like to eventually do some track work with it. Nothing crazy, but like maybe some autocross and stuff like that. But. We want to change out the suspension. Uh, we'd like to switch the Bosch cage electronic system over to an EFI. That way it could be more, you know, you know, daily drivable. Yeah, because right now the, the fuel system in it is a disaster. And um, we like to do a, like a mild restoration on the interior because the seats are pretty ripped up. And the paint works pretty nice, but maybe down the road we'd like to do an Evo 1 kit on it. But uh, for right now, our goal is just to get the, the uh, fuel car system running. sorted, yeah, and get the suspension changed. Yeah, because right now the car is a driver, so we want to enjoy it as yeah. that, but you know, these cars right. are so rare, and, you know, our dream was to always have an Evo 1. A lot of people like the Evo right. 2, but ours is the Evo 1, and yeah. those are just not obtainable. They only made, like, 501, 502 of those. Yeah. So we would like to turn ours, you know, this is down the road, but restore it um, and do an Evo 1 tribute car, basically. Yeah. So that's that's our long-term goal. So so when you're picking up the car, it's it's been in Ohio for a little while. What's what you know you guys are in the rust belt i'm from michigan i know how that goes it's like you just knock on wood as soon as you yeah. get it on a trailer and hope that well, it's not rotted to death well you know what's crazy so when we talked to the owner we're, that's what we thought we're like this thing's out in almost country sitting in it's been sitting outside so, dirt, yeah and, and literally on gravel road next to this like barn building and um so he was telling us about the car and what happened was he bought the car in 2011 down in florida the car is a florida car its whole life yeah he bought yeah. Him and his dad drove it from Florida up into Sugar Creek, Ohio, and Amish country up here. And he drove it for a couple of years, and then he just parked it in this in his barn garage building. And then last April, he pulled it out of the garage because they needed the space. So it's only sat outside for yeah. one year. 
So when we were pulling it up onto the trailer, we're looking underneath this car like, you got to be kidding me. There's like no I, rust on this thing. I say there's there's very minimal rust. I think there was one rust spot on the body that they had fixed whenever they had the car repainted. It was, uh, I think, what, below the, the rear window, like on the quarter yeah. panel. There was one little spot of rust that they, they had to fix. Um, but other than that, the car underneath is very solid. Yeah, and he said whenever they drove it home from Florida, the car drove fine. The AC didn't work, but the car drove fine. Uh, the paint was completely faded from the Florida sun, so they yeah. repainted it like 2011, 12. And then so the paint on this, on ours, looks amazing because it's it was repainted yeah. and basically parked in a, inside the you know the last you know nine years or so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so what the E55 is almost a half half a million miles in Chicago. So what does the underside of that car look like? Well, no, it, <laughs> this one, this one, <laughs> the, the E55 is crazier. Yeah. The E55, we got it in Chicago, but the car spent its whole life in California. Yeah, it was all California, its whole entire life until um, the, it was traded in, I think, at Mercedes of San Francisco. And then the, the dealership in Chicago bought it from the auction. And so yeah. the, the car really has never even seen salt until we bought it. And we still try to keep it out of the salt. Yeah. But that car underneath, it Immense. is spotless, absolutely spotless. I want to know what I want to know what used car advisor the dealership said. Yes, I'm going to bid on this one with 401,000 miles. Well, yeah. you know what happened? The dealership <laughs> that bought it, it's iCar Chicago in Chicago, and we've been following them for years because they have a lot of these older AMG cars. Like yeah. the, guy, the owner, the owner himself, him and his brother both have R63 AMGs. And oh, that's Mac right. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever he saw an auction, he's like, I have to have it because he he sold E55s all the time and yeah. you know SL55. Right. It was for him. It was like a novelty, and that's what happened. So he yeah. bought it and put it for sale up on the dealership. And like I said, it took a whole year. But like I, we straight up told him, like we're probably the only crazy people that you know crazy enough to actually buy this car. And yeah. it's it's funny because Doug Demuro did two articles on this car, and one of the article at the end of it, uh, one article, I can't remember if it's the first or second article he did on it. He actually put who's crazy enough to buy a four hundred thousand mile AMG car, and uh, we reached out to Doug and said, hey, we're the crazy ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So have you gotten any response from Doug about your your buying the car? Did he? Oh yeah. He okay. Yeah, he messaged us back a few times, and right actually right before he uh, moved uh, moved out to California, this is back when he was I think Philadelphia. We, yeah. He actually had plans to review the car because uh, you know at the time you know he did the articles. This was like a, you know right after he bought it, but he was like moving in the process of moving at the time. So he kind of put, he basically said you know if I make my way back out here you know to Philadelphia Pittsburgh area we'll make a video on it, but. He was already moving, so it was kind of hard. But uh, yeah, we actually just commented on one of his recent, you know, Facebook posts about whenever he reviewed the E55 and told him, and he asked how it was, and I said, you know, you know, we're at four, I think four twenty six at the time. So. Yeah, so the one he reviewed it had what thirty thousand miles on it. Yeah, yeah. So that one was like a brand new car for ours. Yeah. yeah so we called him. Right. He, called him he asked us how it was, and we told him. So yeah, it's pretty That's, cool. So, so if if you guys were approached by Mercedes Benz to sell that car back to the museum. What are you guys asking? Double your price? It, yeah, you know, it's funny. We actually always talk about that because we always, we always wonder, like, hey, at a certain point, you know, Mercedes might want to buy this car back. And the problem is, like, I always get emotionally attached to cars. Yeah. Like, like I, it's like, to me, like, a car is like a family member. You just can't just, like, sell them off. And, uh, right. But uh, I don't know. You know, if Mercedes wanted it down the road for something, maybe they can, you know, switch it out with and give us a new E63S or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't oh, know. yeah. Yeah, make a train. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> People always ask them, would you sell it? And I, honestly, we'll never sell this car. I mean, unless Mercedes really wanted it, um, yeah. or like maybe Jay Leno. I don't know if we would ever sell it. I mean, really price no object. I don't think we could sell because the E55 has always been our dream car. That was our realistic dream car. And prior to buying this one, we looked at a few other ones that came close to buying. 
So when we got this one, like this is like the most special E55 out there. So I don't know if we could sell yeah. it. And the thing right. that makes it car actually really special to me is that like um obviously you know when, when you buy a car that's got a lower mileage they're all going to perform the same but the, the thing is how is the car going to perform when it gets you know two three four hundred thousand miles and ours with 400 it's like it's a real testament that like show how well these cars were built because like if anybody that didn't know how many miles were on this car would drive it they would never in a million years guess no. i mean it feels like right. a car that, you know, less than 100 on it yeah it really does and uh, it's pretty crazy so, so are you guys? I, I'm looking forward to 500,000 mile and 600,000 mile updates on the E55. It, are are you guys planning some sort of just continuation on that stuff? Or are you gonna do some like you know wrenching on your? I know I've watched a couple of videos. Of you guys wrenching on the Cosworth and stuff. Are you guys gonna focus on restoring your cars, or what do you think? Just meets or? Um, honestly, not, not, I really thought too much about that, to be honest, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's a possibility we could do some stuff like that, but, uh, I mean, the E55, our main goal right now is to get the half a million. Uh, it's, it's definitely not cheap. Uh, like when we were talking earlier, when Alex Palmieri, he called the dealership, um, prior to us buying the car, the dealership, I think the car was dear maintained up until like, uh, like 320, 30, 40,000 miles. And just from that point, the previous owner, the first owner, had over fifty thousand dollars in maintenance at the dealer, and yeah. and then that doesn't include that was what what's not at the dealer, and then we've got over ten ourselves at this point, you know, yeah, in the twenty right. thousand that we put on it. Yeah. So it's definitely not cheap, and you know, you never know what could happen, but that's really our our goal at this point is just to get to half a million, and anything after that it will be just a bonus, really. <laughs> yeah. All right. So 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 theoretically. If the original drivetrain fails, what's your guys' plan? Because you guys know you have to be thinking about that. Oh, yeah. All the time. Oh. No, uh, it, it depends. If the original drivetrain fails, if it could be rebuilt. We'll have it rebuilt. We'll have it rebuilt, even if it, even if it costs more than just swapping yeah. in, like, a, you know, used engine transmission. Right. If not, if something catastrophic really happens, then, you know, it's I – mean, we could always <laughs> – yeah, find engine. another we'll find it we'll find another amg with with close to the same <laughs> yeah you got to call up that guy with the cls yeah <laughs> or we just retire the car and just leave it you know and let it go but i don't know we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens whenever that whenever it does happen. Yeah. it will happen eventually but we'll yeah say we're, we're, we try not to think i mean we think about it but we try not to we just kind of you know look forward towards half a million and i mean it's probably going to take us years because we we the last couple of years we put like ten thousand miles a year on it but we've been really trying to really trying to put some miles on it. So hopefully we get closer and closer and yeah. faster and faster than what we are been doing. <laughs> well, guys, I think I think we have so much good stuff from this interview. It was awesome talking to you guys. Um, this is exactly what I wanted to hear from you guys, and I'm sure there's a <laughs> lot of people that read that article in the Star about your E55 and just were gobsmacked that something like that exists out there. <laughs> um, so. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully the, the demand for more episodes is so great that we'll have you guys on for, like I said, a 500,000 and a 600,000 yeah. mile uh, update. We'll always be down to talk Mercedes. Yeah. We're, we're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Like I said, this has been the first episode of NBCA podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Conforti brothers for ha coming on. Thanks for the technical genius, Ruben <laughs> Howard, for running this show. Thank you, guys. Talk to you guys soon. Sounds good. <laughs>